Welcome to Plantful Life. My guest this episode is Chef Matthew Kenny. He's one of the world's first leading chefs at the forefront of plant-based cuisine. He's the author of 12 cookbooks. Yes, that's right. Count it 12. And the best-selling memoir, Cooked Raw. Now, I wish that I had read his memoir first before having this conversation because I came into the convo thinking that I knew so much about him and there were two instances that I was proven very wrong even though I had done my research and even though I had dined at two of his restaurants here in Los Angeles. And it was wonderful to have this chat and learn so much about Matthew Kenny. And I still have more to learn. Now, Matthew Kenny is also the CEO of Matthew Kenny Cuisine, a multifaceted company specializing in plant-based living throughout the world. The foundation of his work is based on his own proprietary techniques and creative innovation to prepare minimally processed, aka raw, plant-based cuisine that is both refined and healthy, to provide the world with elevated health-conscious food. To simplify that, he has, in my eyes, been the Wolfgang Puck of plant-based cuisine. He has started with a vision and expanded it globally. Now, Veg News describes him as one of the world's top vegan chefs, but I learned that he is so much more than a chef. And he had described a lot of things to me in our conversation that led me to realize that he's not only a chef, but a creative visionary of this plant-based food and the plant-based movement. And um, he really opened my eyes to a lot of what he's been doing. And I learned so much. And again, the uh, conversation really taught me so many things about Matthew that I could have expanded on further, but Um, It would have been a much longer episode. So, um, you know, join me here in this enlightening conversation. He also um, explains the focus on education and his global online culinary school called the Food Future Institute. And I will share a little bit more on that. Um, But I just was... Okay, you guys, so I said the word exciting 18 times. (laughs) And um, while I wish that I could have edited it out and chosen other adjectives, I think you can understand why I was so excited to talk to Matthew. And, uh, you know, I felt like in retrospect, I sounded like Owen Wilson saying, wow, (laughs) with my use of exciting and excited. But really, honestly, I was genuinely just thrilled to speak with Matthew. And uh, without further ado, 
here it is, our conversation, my conversation with Matthew. Welcome, Matthew, to the Plantful Life podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love the work you're doing. Thank you. And um, I'm just wondering how you're doing during this time and what your restaurants and your businesses are, um, how everything is going. Well, we have, I guess, about 40 different businesses that range from a lot of restaurants to um, products and um, education and and media and um, event business. So, and then of course, these many of the restaurant concepts are different. So some are doing very well during this time, the ones that we're already known for delivery. Um, but then, and, and of course, online education is doing extremely well because of so many people being home cooking now. Yes. Products are, you know, pretty strong, but it's a, it's a mix. It's a wide range of, um, yeah. you know, things that we're trying to figure out and strategize. And we are starting to reopen. Uh, we opened our, our plant city, Providence um, for sit-down dining last week with outdoor dining and then indoor dining, I think opened yesterday. Uh, okay. And that's doing extremely well. Uh-huh. But it's due to a lot of innovation. You know, we have an, an, an app there and we do delivery and we have a takeout window and there are a lot of different programs that have allowed it to thrive. We, we still were able to retain about 80 of our employees during COVID and um, mm-hmm. everything else. So, but then most of our international projects are uh, closed and they'll start to slowly reopen some will but you know Brazil right. I don't think is opening anytime soon right. and Argentina is you know South America pretty much all just delivery right now mm-hmm. um, things in the Middle East are starting to starting to come back online but it's it's different everywhere yeah I would imagine I mean there's so many different things that you that you have going on so many levels of your multifaceted companies and or rather company and all the businesses underneath it and so this is all you know growing from from what I've known as your beginnings and um, you know I have dined frequently when you had make at the uh, top of the Santa Monica place and I fell in love with your menu there and loved all the flavors and everything that you offered there and I've watched it expand and I've dined at plant food and wine a few times. And, you know, I do know that your culinary um, tools and everything else that you have going on, I know you have so much going on. So I was just thinking about that, that, you know, when you have such a global uh, presence and so many different aspects of your business in this plant based world, um, you know, it must just be so many different um, things to tend to, you know, and, uh, you know, especially when this pandemic happened and, you know, I would imagine that this was just something that nobody could have expected. And, you know, this just must be a lot of juggling for you. So, um, you know, I appreciate your time here. <laughs> And, um, you know, I've known your, uh, you know, I followed your career and I've known of your, your many different uh, offerings and restaurants and cookbooks and, you know, but I wanted my listeners to understand the story from your beginnings as a chef and 
from why what I do understand um, that you started more in the Mediterranean uh, cuisine and then started from that point on into more plant-based. So could you give us a little bit of uh, insight into your journey from there? Sure. Well, I always was, was very interested in um, health and wellness and fitness and, you know, eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Even in high school, that started for me. Yeah. I never intended to be a chef, but when I moved to New York, I fell in love with, with restaurants and decided to go to culinary school just to understand how the back of house works and realized that I loved it. So I had these dual passions, one was culinary art and the other health and wellness. And I, I took Mediterranean as a direction because back in the early 90s, that was basically the healthiest diet or perceived as. We weren't having a conversation about plant-based. I don't think the term even was in, <laughs> in existence at that point. Right. Um, and vegan diets were hadn't been developed, vegan recipes hadn't been developed um, in a way that, you know, would appeal to uh, higher end dining and so forth. Um, so I focused on Mediterranean because that was a, that was what I considered to be the healthy way of eating. And we did everything in a much lighter way without butter and heavy sauces and so forth. Right. But over the years, I listened and paid more attention and made a deeper connection between what we eat and cook and the environment and the animals and our health and eventually came to the realization, I guess, 15 years into my culinary career that, that plant-based, if properly um, developed and expanded, could really be the future of how we eat, but it would need a lot of research and creativity. So I dove into that in 2002, 2001, 2002, and mm-hmm. that's where it started. That was the first um, foray into going vegan. Yes, um, I know as a former culinary student myself, especially in French classic cooking and pastry, that there's um, you know so much butter and you know different uh, animal ingredients that are used, and this is what we learn when we're in culinary school. And I found it really exciting to try to create plant-based versions of these uh, ingredients, and um, you know incorporate them into dishes that I'm creating, you know, such as cream sauces and you know, things like that. So, um, you know, in your schools and in your culinary academies, um, now I'm I'm familiar with the one that you had next to make. I know that there, I still look through the window at the um, classes going on. So um, I'm curious to know just what your, um, your teaching, what, what the different offerings are. I know that you have the in-person learning as well as online. Um, so well, we, we don't, we're only online and that's, you're only online. Interesting. Okay. okay. Well, we were in person. We, we right. were in, um, several locations. Mm-hmm. We built the business over eight years and it was, um, it was of course hard in the beginning because doing a, a high end plant-based culinary school was, you know, took a while before we could attract students, but eventually they came from all around the world and we developed online as well because we knew that it wasn't accessible to everybody. It wasn't feasible to come here for two months or three months and get a right. visa and so forth. Right. So both of them were working, were working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sold it in 2017. Oh. And that did, we had been growing about 30% a year and it's gotten to be a pretty nice business. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the, the 
sale, the buyers didn't do such a great job with it. They basically were out of business in a year. It was, it, it kind of crashed and burned and it was, you know, one of those unfortunate business stories. And we stayed out of education for a, another year or a year and a half after that. Um, Mm-hmm. And then we decided to launch this year, but my plan, and I'm not sure if we're going to do on-site because I really like online learning. I think the technology allows us to reach a lot more people, to do it more efficiently, to make it more widely available. And I actually think the training is comparable because of the technology, because of the video, because of 24-hour support, and because of all the photography and, and, and really standardizing. Like in culinary school, for example, Right. It's really hard because you typically will go through a course with one instructor and which is great. You're getting a lot of value from that instructor, but the consistency is not there because one instructor is different than the next. You can't, you can do a lot of training in terms of the curriculum and the recipes, but we really can't, you can't program people to say the same things and give the same tips. And some people would give a much deeper level of education than other instructors and I thought with online, that would allow me to be involved. Um, we have, I don't know, 120 lessons in our new online platform. And I'm, you know, doing a lot of the, the demonstration, whereas I wouldn't have time to teach in a classroom. And even if I did, it could just be for one month, but I couldn't do it month after month. Mm-hmm. And we were able to use all of the most, um, you know, the, those who specialize, like Patrick is incredible with pizza and dough and yeah. Justin, our corporate uh, lead, chef leader, he's an incredible uh, technician and chef. And some of the more complicated recipes, he was able to do the demos for those. And and Mike, um, who's our director of education, is Italian and makes the most incredible and beautiful pasta. So he did all that. And our test kitchen team was able to develop all the recipes. So we just felt like we could offer a much better program by doing it online and, and curating it in a in a better way. And the results are amazing. Students go through these lessons and post recipes that many times look better than ours. So I'm really happy with, um, with how it works. That's really exciting because, you know, as much as I've enjoyed in-person classes, you know, I can see what you're saying as far as the online presence and lessons and all the availability and the quality of what you're offering seems to transcend the in-person experience. So um, that sounds really exciting. Is that something that you're focusing more on? Well, we just launched um, Food Future Institute basically three three weeks ago. Okay. And we were not planning to launch it until September, but with um, the shutdown globally, yeah. we basically had our entire team focus on this for um, a few months. Mm-hmm. And we were able to launch it several months early. So it is, you know, a very important business for us. Um, we're adding additional courses and additional features to the site to develop the community aspect of the site. And so, yeah, we're, we're growing it, but, you know, we kind of focus on all segments um, at the same time, whether it's uh, consumer packaged goods, hospitality, um, you know, events and media product projects, as well as education. So they're all integrated. I mean, we don't necessarily take a recipe and that we teach on on this uh, on Food Future Institute, and then sell it in the restaurant and package it and sell it in the store and so forth. But the techniques and the know-how and the basic 
fundamentals are are all integrated. So, and it all originates from our, you know, I think of us as a content company, which is why I think we were able to adapt really well during these times, because it really is about our product and and each of these formats, whether it's a restaurant or a fast food place or um, an event or or education, these are like ways we distribute this content. It's almost like a um, well, I guess there are a lot of examples in different industries, but it's um, it gives us the flexibility to shift our areas of focus when we're forced to, you know, make quick changes like we were here. Yes. Yes, I can see that. And, um, you know, I know you also have a lot of products going on. And, um, and I was, you know, I tried the um, Siva elixirs that you have or the tonics. And, um, you know, I found those, um, I've been looking for the double zero pizza. Now, do you still have the frozen pizza available? I haven't launched it yet. It's that's one of oh, sometimes okay, we, that's why I'm not finding things, it. <laughs> sometimes we'll do things six months early and other times would be two years late. Um, okay. it, it was, my original plan was to work with a production company that would use our formulas and our recipes and, and mm-hmm. develop it the way we tested it in house. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, nobody was able to do all of it. Like some would get the crust right or the dough and some would get the sauce and right, but not the cheese. And so we then embarked on this plan of launching it with our own production facility. Right. And I went through um, a year of design and, and permitting and all of that. But really, I, I get into a lot of these projects based on instinct and not don't always do as much homework as maybe I could. And I realized that, you know, pretty much all the frozen pizza companies in the multi-billion dollar market, yeah. they're really working with, with co-packers. So we're going, we shifted back to plan A, but we're still trying to find somebody who can do it at the level we, we want it to be at. Yeah, I was really excited about it, actually, because you know, I was looking at all of the different uh you know, levels of your empire. And, you know, I've explained to people that don't know who you are when I mention you that you're like the Wolfgang Puck of plant-based food. <laughs> and I, oh, thank you. I, you know, I really believe that. And now then I, went, I got excited about your pizza line. I went, oh, yes, you know, and, you know, I had moved out of the Abbot Kinney Venice area some time ago, so I wasn't familiar with Double Zero. And I went, oh my gosh, I need to go over there for a truffle pizza. <laughs> so I was looking for the frozen pizza, thinking it was in existence already. Um, but I, I'm very excited about that possibility. Um, you know, and I do know that you have a lot of pots on the stove, so to speak. So, you know, I know with all the different things that you do, essentially you are a chef. And, um, you know, I was just curious to know what part of your business brings you the most joy? Well, I, I, the reason I, I fell in love with restaurants in the beginning wasn't only for the food. It was because I thought this is, this is a kind of business where you can, it's like production. It's, all the things that I really love, the design, even fashion, you know, if you're working on developing a uniform or a logo or designing a website, and I, I love videography and photography and so forth. So, you know, it's, I stay largely focused on working with our, our leadership team, which is about a dozen or 15 people or so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and conceptualizing or trying to guide and give my feedback and support on all the various concepts. So, you know, conceptual development, but that could be a product or packaging for a product or uh-huh. a new online site or, or a restaurant. So there's not any one particular area that I, you know, I like it all. I like, there, it's just an endless uh, array of things to do that I like, that I really love doing. Um, and even the business part of it, that can be challenging, but mm-hmm. I enjoy that too, because it's also creative in its own way. If you take an idea and you, you have to figure out how to bring it to the market, that's a pretty creative process in and of itself. Um, so, you know, I like it all. There, there, are, there are hundreds of things I like, and there's not even one area where I feel like, oh, I wish I could do more of this, um, mm-hmm. because I can, you know, really focus on whatever, where I'm needed most and where, where I can help make the most impact. But we're a big team globally, I think six or 700 people. So I have each year that goes by, there are more and more parts of it that I'm not involved in as much which is fine too, because I, I really enjoy my career changing and shifting. It gives me, you know, if I, I loved being in one restaurant, my first restaurant in New York, being in the kitchen every day, knowing every customer and every guest in the dining room and exactly how every dish should look. But when I shifted out of that role, I also enjoyed the new, the new phase. And um, so kind of evolving just like most things in life. And I like that change. I like transition. Yeah, it sounds like you are a very creative idea person and the constant shifting and changing of all these different creative facets is exciting. And um, it it is. And, you know, I mean, like what also I find exciting is just the transformation of, or rather the the evolution of plant-based food. And I consider you one of the plant-based pioneers You've led the way with this ever-growing plant-based movement. And um, it's, it's very exciting to see that a lot of these products are becoming more mainstream, that a lot of people are becoming aware of plant-based food. And I like the term plant-based a little bit more than vegan because I feel it's a little more um, welcoming to people who may not be entirely plant-based. I myself tried raw vegan diet for a year before my third child was born. And um, then I tried it again after. And, um, you know, some people just need a little bit of more guidance and knowledge. And that's why um, online classes is so wonderful because it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, here in LA, as you know, there's so many offerings for plant-based on menus and restaurants, and it's just um, constantly uh, growing the offers for, you know, there are many restaurants that have a vegan menu. And um, that wouldn't have happened, you know, a while back, but um, now it just seems to be really increasing. And that's exciting. And to know that there are so many opportunities to learn, particularly with uh, creating your own uh, plant-based food and being trained online. And, you know, there's just so many ways that people can explore plant-based cuisine. And I find that really exciting. So um, as far as that goes, the future of plant-based food, and that's kind of your mantra, you know, with your your business. Um, what are your thoughts on where we are with plant-based food and where it's going? 
Well, I, I envisioned it from the beginning becoming, you know, shift plant-based shifting the, the global food paradigm mm -hmm. in a way that sort of turns upside down the food system where animal-based diets are the norm and plant-based are optional for two or three percent of the public. Mm -hmm. But I always envisioned that kind of flipping and and that means, you know, we'll have not only a lot more plant-based restaurants and products and and so forth, but also a lot more menus in non-vegan restaurants being more, uh, you know, being dominated by plant options and starting to see that. A lot of the top chefs in the world are, are really, you know, focusing on vegan and vegetarian plant-based um, tasting menus and expanding the plant-based options on their menus and making them available more on restaurant menus that weren't where they weren't otherwise available and that that also translates into hospital systems and school systems and product lines and, and so forth and we had a really great um i don't mean me or our company i mean the planet i think had an incredible 2019 because there was convergence of several factors that i think were necessary in order for it to really grow like wildfire and one of them was media and all of the films and documentaries and articles and things that were made available to the public that educated us on not only why it's important, but what plant-based is, how to prepare it, where to find it. Um, second, we're, second thing are the growing availability of products and new innovative products that are really good and comparable to their non-plant counterpart. And also, like I said, chefs doing such great work all over the world. I've had some amazing meals in non-plant-based restaurants over the last year. And they also talk about it and why it's important. And they care about sustainability and the environment and health. Um, and then I guess the, the other big piece is that for this to really work, it has to make sense as a business in, a, in the financial markets. And there were a few things that happened with Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat and, and Just, for example, that were game changers where the financial markets now take this very seriously and realize that there's potential upside to make money. And that's created a whole new rapidly growing avenue um, because people are now investing in this and very sophisticated investor, investors and investment groups are looking for you know, options in the plant-based segment. And it would never grow as fast as I'd like to see it grow if it didn't have, you know, the capital market support. Yes. Yes, that's true. You know, I mean, we, we met uh, briefly at the private screening for Game Changers, the documentary. And um, it is very exciting to see how, you know, it is presenting in the world now and, um, you know, how this word is getting out of, you know, that we do not need animal products um, you know, we don't need to make food out of animals, you know, that this is n not necessary and that actually the future of food is going towards plant-based food. And this is really exciting. Um, I have a son who's 20 years old and he loves to work out and he's health conscious. And I was so excited for him to watch Game Changers, of course, because I'm telling him to watch it. He may not want to watch it, but he did actually watch it eventually and heard me, you know, when I, you know, would very gently guide him on, you know, you may want to try this instead of this, you know, 
And um, I think that inviting people to try plant-based, it needs to be, um, you know, friendly and welcoming rather than, hey, you should really go vegan and this is why, you know. So, um, you know, a lot of the chefs, you know, I, I had a wonderful dinner by Chef Curtis Stone at Gwen. He made me an entirely vegan dinner and I was impressed, you know, and uh, of course he jokes about vegetarians and vegans, but, you know, there are a lot of chefs that are now creating vegan menus. So I, um, yeah, I applaud them. I think this is a wonderful thing to, to observe that the world is shifting and especially with Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger, you know, and a lot of these things, these products becoming um, available in mainstream ways. Um, you know, this is very heartening to see. Sorry to interrupt your listening, but I wanted to tell you about Food Future Institute. If you've wanted to dive deep into creating plant-based food at a higher level than your usual avocado toast, then this is the best thing since gluten-free vegan bread. Check out foodfutureinstitute.com for more information about the curriculum with 17 modules covering lessons from knife skills to raw vegan cheesecakes. You'll learn the essentials and fundamentals of raw cuisine, like how to make coconut yogurt, kombucha, vegan kimchi, handmade pastas, plant-based cheeses, ice creams, sorbets, plus breads, croissants, cinnamon rolls, and so much more. Your instructors are the creme de la creme of plant-based culinary cuisine, including Matthew Kenny himself. You will have full access to everything through your online portal for the ridiculously low cost of one payment and one payment only of 350 US dollars. Students can gain access to the first lesson immediately upon enrollment. Go to foodfutureinstitute.com to learn more. Now let's get back to the show. Project this year with Laudere, 120 okay. or 150 year old um, French pastry based company. Uh-huh. And a brand that I always loved, but I couldn't eat there once I went plant-based because they didn't have any plant-based pastries on the menu at all. Yeah. And their restaurant menus were largely around, you know, eggs and, and animal products as well. Mm-hmm. And we did our um, lingerie by MK, which is an entirely plant-based um, lingerie. Yeah. And we retained all of the DNA and style and, and you know, people being open-minded to, to that and seeing it not only do well but even better than it was before was um a big eye-opener for me yeah yeah i i mean that's one of the things that i would you know i do crave actually our croissant you know like you know i mean how do you make vegan puff pastry you know how do you do mi foie you know because it's all butter <laughs> so yep. but you know there's miyoko's kitchen uh vegan butter which is the cultured butter and she's done it and I actually was telling um, a chef all about it um, 
that it actually browns and it's uh, such a wonderful, wonderful butter that I don't miss uh, dairy butter. So, um, you know, there's so many ways that we can transform in very creative ways, very creative ways. And so your creative vision and your expertise and everything that you're doing is just uh, really exciting to um, observe and know about. And, you know, I, I was really looking forward to bringing you on to the show because, you know, we had met before, but also there's so much that you offer in the plant-based realm. So, um, you know, it's very exciting and, um, you know, I know that you have a vision. So, and I think a lot of it is coming to fruition and really transforming. So is this something that you experience yourself or are you just um, inspired by all the different things that you're doing? Oh, I'm inspired by everything, <laughs> you know, travel and, <laughs> um, you know, just the opportunity to be, to be creative by all the new products that are coming out. And I don't just mean finished, ready to eat products. I mean, mm -hmm. when we, when I started in plant-based, there was not even raw cacao powder. We were, we were using cocoa powder. There wasn't any agave, not that we use much agave, but just an example of alternatives that didn't exist and they're everywhere now um you know nut milk for example you can get anywhere if you want coffee without cow milk it's it's just great so um that that definitely motivates me to just keep going yes yeah i mean it's just it's just very exciting to see this this change and and uh be a part of that and to be able to have everything so accessible uh, to everybody and you know, especially, you know, with um, also the concerns of the environment and with uh, animals and everything else. I mean, and the other thing is, is that what you're creating is very delicious and uh, that encourages people to try it. And, um, you know, I can't wait to try your pizza. <laughs> you know, I'm obsessing on it um, a little bit. I. <laughs> You know, I've been actually, and I never really go into the frozen section, but I'm now going in there looking to see, hey, I wonder if it's here. But of course it wasn't yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to, to bring that to the, <laughs> no, I can't wait until it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on a typical day for you, um, what is, you know, I mean, like, you know, a lot of chefs have their, you know, usuals of what they like to make for themselves. Um, and I know you're busy most of the time, but could you share maybe a few things that you like to eat? Well, I love raw, raw vegan food still. And I love all the things that I, I was, I did raw vegan for the first two years of going plant-based for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I still, um, you know, love those things, salads and fresh avocados and and smoothies and juices and ferments, especially sauerkraut and tree nut cheeses and a lot of dark leafy greens. Very simple, actually, unless I'm going to a restaurant, but I, I eat quite simply. And But I also love bread and pasta. So at night, I'll often cook pasta or you know risotto or something like that. Yeah. But when I'm at home, it's very, it's very like really clean and simple. Great ingredients, but not a lot of different things going on and might still make some raw, like I did these raw vegan, what were they? What was it I made? <laughs> oh yeah, just made some raw vegan tacos the other day that were, you know, I just used butter lettuce and 
a lot of really good fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of typical of how I eat at home. But when we're, you know, we're not in lockdown, I definitely go to restaurants a lot and try yeah. new things, um, especially non-plant-based restaurants that are now starting to experiment and develop really good ideas. So I, it could be anything because I do, do go out a lot and that's where I get a lot of ideas and inspiration. Yeah. So yes, definitely. I would imagine that we gather ideas from other chefs and other restaurants and there are so many non-vegan restaurants that offer uh, vegan things as we had mentioned, but um, one of your signature dishes that I love to make is your raw tomato lasagna. And that has been, I mean, I actually featured it um, on my blog and then later I was featured in Thrive Magazine. And um, I had to take photos of that lasagna three times. Because the stack, the stacking of it and the positioning of the two different pestos and the ricotta and everything is such a beautiful, uh, you know, stack of lasagna, but give it a few minutes (laughs) and trying to get behind the camera to capture the beauty of it. And I ate a lot of the, the mishaps along the way. So, but I, I love that recipe. It's so simple. And when you make your uh, pesto ahead of time and the ricotta ahead of time, and then all you have to do is slice the zucchini on the mandolin and, and build it. And it's, it's delicious. That's all you have to do. That's what I love about that dish. You can have all of the components and, and then the assembly you know, not, doesn't take too long. And it's hard to make it not attractive, even if it's a little messy because all the colors are so vibrant. Right. Yeah, the sun-dried tomato pesto and the basil pesto and then the ricotta was, uh, what is it, macadamia? And that's just so Macadamia. I've done it with pine nut. There are a lot of variations too, which, you know, we can change out a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's very simple. And then you have all the ingredients in the fridge. And then if you want to make it, you just assemble it. It's that easy. And it doesn't have to be fiddly and complicated. you know, but um, it's a very easy dish and beautiful. Um, you know, and I, I also remember your kelp noodles was also a favorite of mine at Make. And I think you do also have that at Plant Food and Wine, um, the kelp noodles. Um, yeah, we've served that, the kelp noodles and the lasagna, we've served that, well, the lasagna, we serve it probably in a dozen cities around the world. Right. Yeah, I love that lasagna. Um, and so do you have any favorite dishes at any of your uh, restaurants or do you have a few that you would suggest for people to try once we're out of lockdown and they can go to your restaurants? Well, I love the new eggplant Parmesan at double zero. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really, I, I really love that dish. We're doing an entirely new menu at Plant Food and Wine for when it reopens because of the new restrictions and we'll do a smaller menu. It's going to be a little more casual product driven, but I still love the classics too. I still love the kimchi dumplings and the lasagna and the kelp noodles. Um, but it depends on the concept and the place. Sometimes I'm craving pizza or Mexican and the good news is we have all these different concepts. So it's, it's fun, but I, I do tend to go through phases where I'll go back to a classic, but then I'll get focused on a newer dish. And, you know, I like avocados, so the avocado tikka that we had at Plant Food and Wine was one of my favorites as well. 
Yeah. And then I, I love tahini and I know we can make that either savory or sweet. And I know that might be one of your favorite flavors as well. Um, but there's so many different, you know, like tahini is just, oh gosh, I can't get enough of it. (laughs) It It's so good. It's so good. And, uh, you know, when I was a little girl, I would go to this one market with my grandmother and they had the halva at the deli counter and uh, so delicious, sweet. And, um, you know, tahini's good in smoothies and it's good in savory and there's just so many ways to use it. And, um, you know, are there any condiments or recipe suggestions that you might, you know, have for my listeners that would want to create something, one of your dishes. Um, do you have any ideas on what would be easy? But you know, like the, the lasagna is easy, but you know. Yeah, the lasagna, we, um, we have, um, the kelp noodles actually are relatively straightforward to make. And these recipes are all online and, and mm-hmm. you know, different variations on them. But I think both of those are really good starter recipes for people. They're not the simplest in the world because there are a lot of ingredients and steps, but mm-hmm. I like that because it, I think empowers the home cook to get gain confidence by doing something that isn't necessarily simple, but the recipe works. And, and then from there, you know, you feel more comfortable and confident going forward with something else. Um, I was just thinking, you know, if someone were to go online and join the school and start to take classes, uh, how long do they run for and do they go in a series or how does that work? Well, there are, I think, 18 modules and about 110 or between 110, 120 lessons. Mm-hmm. So each module has a certain area of focus. The, we expect that it will take most of the students anywhere from four months to a year, depending on if they're doing it every day or three days a week or once or twice a week because there is a lot in it there there's way more than than we're in our older uh, courses which were designed to be full-time for a month people can go at their own pace so when they when they enroll online they're in they're already in the course and get their shopping list and equipment list and and move on to lesson one and once they finish lesson one and upload the their work then they can move into the next one but they could wait a week and take a break if they wanted to somebody wanted to make this a once or twice a week uh, type of situation and, and use what they produce to feed their friends or their family, they could do it that way. And other students are really aggressive and want to go right through it, um, you know, as quickly as possible. But since nobody's completed it yet, and I, I think nobody's even close to being half complete in these first three weeks. So I'm guessing the first completion will be in around the four month range, but the average will be probably eight to 12. I see. And is it a certification program? It's a certification, certificate of completion, essentially. And okay. it's, not a, it's not a formal um, diploma, but anybody who goes through this course is going to get a lot of training. I see. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's, uh, I think you'd love it. I mean, it's really, there's some really cool techniques in here. We've taken all of the classical techniques and re- engineered them to fit this type of cuisine. And it, it's really broad. It goes from raw food to ferments and pasta making. And, um, and we have gluten-free options for 
any recipes that um, were for a student who wants to be gluten free. Mm-hmm. So our instructors are very hands on. We have almost 24 hour live chat coverage with our three instructors or well, four instructors, I guess now. Mm-hmm. So it's um, and the students are from all over the world. So we have to be available, in, you know, two or three in the morning because somebody could oh. be in Dubai or wherever and have be stuck on a recipe and have a question and need an oh, really? ingredient that they <laughs> so can't you have find. to be available at two or three in the morning for <laughs> like, hey, um, my pasta isn't coming out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have shifts and eventually, because we already have, I think, close to 600 students, which is a lot more than we expected. Uh-huh. So we will eventually have um, instructors that are not all based in California because they're right now doing shifts. There's a lot of overlap, but some of them are yeah awake at three or four in the morning, but it'll be easy to scale this. We could have an instructor based in Australia or in Europe or Right. In Asia, that's that's our plan. I see. I see. Well, that's really exciting. I am very curious to take a look at that and to share that knowledge with everyone. And I just wanted to thank you for being here on the show and taking the time to talk with me. And is there anything else that you would like to share? Just that I hope everything we're going through in the world right now helps motivate um, us to look at, you know, food as an essential thing. So to look at food and the interconnectedness of it to um, the planet and our animals and, and make conscious choices about what we eat and what we cook and what we serve our friends, family, and guests. And I, I just hope that, uh, you know, there is a silver lining in that and that we all do become a little more grounded and conscious and that um, we all do our part to change the world in a positive way. Yes, change the world in a positive way. I agree with you. So, I mean, that's what motivated me to start this podcast to share with people so that they could, you know, have this, uh, you know, different people on the show so they can learn from, you know, what's out there and maybe they may not know. And so it's, it's very exciting to share what you have to say with everyone and um, very pleased that you joined us here. So thank you so much. You too. Well, thanks for everything you're doing and you have a great voice for this kind of platform as well. So it's very, uh, you know, perfect I think so I really appreciate being on and um, you know hopefully um, you have a great week and things start to settle for all of us yes I have been hoping for the world to heal in all the many ways it needs to heal and um, I think that's you know what I've discovered as a vegetarian become vegan that becomes it just happens and i've heard this from so many different people that i've talked to that when they adopt a plant-based lifestyle they start to shift their consciousness and so this practicing of uh compassion and um you know being more aware of the food that we eat and how we um are affecting the world just by how we eat and the food we choose and the energy that we put into it as far as, you know, people that are our local farmers and supporting those people and, you know, all the different things that go into our food. 
And so I see you as somebody who is one of those visionaries in this part of the world as far as promoting nonviolence and compassion and plant-based food. So I am uh, in full support with everything that you're doing. It's very exciting. And um, thank you. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Plantful Life with Matthew Kenny and learned so much more about Matthew, just as I have. Now, Matthew's online culinary school, Food Future Institute, has opened its virtual doors earlier than planned due to the pandemic lockdown. You now have this fabulous opportunity to gain full access to the highest level of plant-based culinary classes with Matthew and his instructors. Now, this is something that I'm going to do, and I encourage you to join me in the learning as well, because who doesn't want to know how to make a plant-based croissant or plant-based cheese? Because those are the kinds of things that we miss when we go plant-based, but really, you don't need to miss it, because the future of food is now. You can go to foodfutureinstitute.com to learn more. This is a world-class culinary learning experience that you can do in your own home kitchen. I've taken a peek at the lessons and it qualifies comparatively to the training that I received in the culinary arts when I learned French classic cooking and pastry in an on-site school. So if you're serious about expanding your repertoire as well as your palate, I mean, I am seriously into learning how to make plant-based cheese because I'm a recovering cheesetarian, as you know. So to get the cheese info alone, I am in. With 17 modules covering a wealth of skills that will last you a lifetime, go to Food Future Institute and check it out. Also, a moment of vulnerability, okay? I was slightly nervous about speaking with Matthew. Now, I had met Matthew at the private screening for the documentary Game Changers, as I had mentioned in this episode, and he is such a lovely human being. I think I was nervous because it felt so important to share everything that I thought I knew about Matthew and all that he was doing, and actually I'm really glad that I asked the questions that I asked because it helped me learn more and um, I really want you to know as much as you can when I interview guests here on Plantful Life and I did ask some blooper questions because I didn't know that his double zero pizza the frozen uh, pizza uh, wasn't yet in production but his Venice Beach Double Zero Pizza location has reopened for dine-in service as of June 5th, which was yesterday as I record this. So guess where I'm going today? Ooh yeah, he's got the classic margarita, tomato, basil, cashew, mozzarella, and um, the truffle 
pizza with cashew cream, wild mushrooms, Tuscan kale, lemon vinaigrette. He has a Bianca pizza, which is macadamia ricotta, cashew mozzarella, parmesan, rice mozzarella, pepperoncini, rapini, plant egg yolk. What more could you want in a plant-based pizza? So that is available at the Venice Beach location called Double Zero Pizza. I also learned more about Matthew's online culinary school, as I was just mentioning, and uh, albeit post-recording, I learned to not use the adjective exciting, which I used 18 times in this episode. I think I've used up my adjective points, and if this were the board game Scrabble, I would have already used the word, so the points aren't adding up. I will expand my verbal vocabulary and say it was a fascinating and inspiring conversation with Matthew. I'll also enhance my knowledge of plant-based cuisine beyond my comfort food zone and go online to Food Future Institute and learn, so I do hope you will do that. And I'm just thrilled that Food Future Institute is now available for all of us. At the touch of our fingertips, we can get plantfully creative in our own kitchen. And for only $350, that's like taking courses at Le Cordon Bleu for pocket change. I've wined and dined, with friends of course, at one decadent meal for more than that you get full access to the best plant-based culinary learning in the world. Yeah, enough said. And on that note, I just wanted to express how delighted I am to have spoken with Matthew for this episode. Now, if you want to follow him and Food Future Institute on Instagram, go to at Matthew Kenny Cuisine and at Food Future Institute to see the beautiful plant-based creations with your own eyes. Also, follow at Plant Food and Wine to get a glimpse of the dishes served at the Venice Beach restaurant located on Abbott Kinney. Matthew did say that they were revamping the menu per the pandemic, but you can see the post of the kelp noodles we mentioned made with green olives and black pepper in a cashew cream sauce. Mm. I'll link more information about Matthew's collaboration with La Durée which he mentions in this episode. And La Durée is an iconic French patisserie based in Paris. The Beverly Hills La Durée location is the collaboration with Matthew Kenny, and it offers a 100% plant-based curated vegan menu. While their doors are temporarily closed, when they open again, I will be racing over there for tea and croissant. Now, I will link everything Matthew Kenny in the show notes, so be sure to check it all out. Well, thank you so much for listening here. I am just extremely excited. (laughs) Did I just say that? To bring this to you. Oh my gosh, I have to re-record that. (laughs) 
edit, edit, edit. Ah. <laughs> anyway, eat more plants and I will bring you more delicious episodes soon. Thank you so much for listening.